0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us at our Red Rocks Church podcast. If you're new here, we're just a bunch of broken, messed up, imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We hope that this message encourages your heart, builds your faith, so that you can say yes to all of the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Enjoy this message. good and I don't know where you're watching this from but Littleton is on fire today I want to say hi to all our Denver-based locations we love you Austin Texas we love you Brussels we love you and most of all the three the three best campuses let's just admit the truth the three best campuses are God Behind Bars men and women we love you so much We believe God has a plan for you. We're glad you're with us today, and your family, never forget it. If you're watching from somewhere else, a a house, a gym, a bike, a hike, a whatever, man, welcome, welcome everybody online. We're a bunch of messed up, imperfect people, but we love getting together like this and pursuing a perfect God. So no matter what's going on in your life, you're gonna be loved and welcomed and valued and accepted. You've already been prayed for. So welcome home, welcome to Red Rocks Church. God, we need you today. We ask for your presence. We ask that you would speak to us through your word, that you would speak to us about our life, that you would speak to us about our, our today, our past, and where you want to take us. And we thank you that we have the privilege to get together with family and friends and have church like this. We love you so much in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. That was moving. That, like, boom. Ow. Thank you guys. We give it up for the band at all locations. Love you guys so much. Seeing a few. Before I get into today's message, I just want to share some information with you. Those of us who uh, get paychecks from the church, we're employed by the church, we tend to hear more things about what's going on around the church than if you are in the church family but not employed at the church. So I just wanted to share one cool thing that just happened at the church that you might not know about. Last week, our youth groups, let me say, if you are in junior high and high school and you're not going to youth on Wednesday nights, you are crazy, all right, crazy. Last week, there was over 1,000 students at our youth group on Wednesday night, and and I just want to say this, I, I, I not only want to celebrate that, but I want to say thank you because, as you know, the students aren't coming ready to foot the bill for what it costs to put on a youth service, and so what I, what I know and what you know is, is we don't have youth events if it's not for your generosity, and I just want to thank you. Every single dollar that you give obediently and faithfully, I promise you we're trying to use it to change the world, and church, it's happening. There weren't just over 1,000 students. Over 150 salvations took place at youth last week. We're changing the world, and I love being a part of this church family with you. So to those of you who have been faithfully giving, thank you. You're making a difference, and I love you guys. Um, Let's get into it. The title of today's message is, When Past Hurts, Still Hurt. When Past Hurts, Still Hurt. I just started, me and my son Ethan, we just started jujitsu training. I call it ninja school. Ethan, we're becoming ninjas. Nobody's going to mess with us. Give us three weeks. Trust me. (laughs) I got done with ninja school on Monday, and my elbow was killing me. In fact, like, it was all I could think about. I was trying to drive home. I was like, I can't even use that arm. And, like, I woke up the next day, and all I could think about was, oh, my gosh, my elbow's hurting. It's killing me. In fact, it's hurting right now. I have a preacher's injury. Okay? That's what's going on. (laughs) I'm this close to the IR. And so, but here's the thing. I didn't hurt my elbow on Monday. Ask the guys that I work with. We just had a very intense pickleball tournament recently. Um, I've been complaining about my elbow pain for like over a year. It, I didn't hurt it on Monday. I triggered it. What happened is, is if the injury actually happened a long time ago. I just didn't deal with it properly. And so this week it got triggered and it reminded me that my past hurts are still hurting me. And the interesting part is, is I actually, I know the problem because I went to the physician. I saw an orthopedic surgeon who told me, I know exactly what to do. It's a surgery and we can fix it and it'll be perfect. And this was over a year ago, but I didn't want to go through the painful process to actually get it fixed because I've had surgeries before and I didn't want to be out of work and I didn't want to be in a sling and I didn't want to do the PT and I didn't want to do any of it. So I just haven't done it because I didn't go through the painful process that the, the doctor said... I need an injury that happened a long time ago is still hurting me today. And isn't it true that our souls are like this? You ever been having a really good day? Like a really good day and one little thing and you go from really happy to really depressed in a moment? Like you just hear a name. You see a post. You read a comment. You hear a song. You drive by a place. Something sparks your memory, and all of a sudden, you go from real happy to real depressed in an instant, and it's not because it was a bad picture taken out of, like, focus. It's because it triggered something that happened 15 years ago that you've never quite dealt with, and have you ever been in a conversation with somebody, and they say something, and you snap on them, and then if you could really take a 30,000-foot view back... You go, oh, wait a second. What they said didn't deserve my response. They're not getting my response. They're getting a response from my hurt 10 years ago that I never processed properly because I got a past hurt and it still hurts me today. And they triggered a deep wound. And you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Guys, my wife has said things to me like, she'll go, man, I'm just chilly. This house is so cold. And I've wanted to get in an argument. I've wanted to get depressed because... I grew up feeling like I was never enough, and I was never good enough, and I, I, I was always screwing up, and I've always struggled with that I'm not good enough mentality, and so what happens when my wife says she's cold is all of a sudden this thought starts running in my mind like, well, that's your fault because you're not enough of a man to have enough of a job to buy enough of a house that has a good enough heater to take care of a wife. You're a crappy husband. You're a crappy provider, and the truth is she just wanted a hoodie. But I turned it into something, and I went from happy to depressed because she triggered a wound that I had 25 years ago. And our great physician says, "I got the prescription." He said, "What's happening is is you get hurt by somebody, and it, it, it turns to anger. And that anger, eventually, if not dealt with right, it turns to bitterness. And if that bitterness just stays there, it becomes what the Bible calls a hardened heart, and it changes who we are as people. It changes who I trust or don't. It changes who I let in or don't. It changes how I respond out of my insecurities. It changes how I crush people with my words. It changes how if I just meet you, I start off not trusting you instead of trusting you. It fires off my insecurities and all kinds of, it changes this hardened heart that comes from bitterness. It changes who we are and how we live. And the the great physician says, I got the prescription. Here it is. You You don't have to live that way. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I read this this week and I went, oh, if I could, if I could get rid of, this, there's something inside of me that wants to get mad all the time and I hate it. I hate that about myself. I hate that somebody does or says something and they get a response from me they didn't deserve because what I know at my core is you're getting that response because I got some hurts way back there right? How much peace and joy would there be in my life if I could could keep my anger under control? God says, you can, because that bitterness is killing you. Here's the prescription. Be kind and compassionate to one another. And here's the word, forgive. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. The great physician says, I got the prescription, and it's forgiveness. And if you can actually go through this, he, he, but he doesn't, he doesn't pull punches. He said, I'm not, not going to play around. It's a painful process sometimes to forgive. And depending on the wound or the hurt that you're trying to forgive for, it can be even more painful. Look, here's what I know. I know that just as you just found out this is what the message is, because I've been talking and doing, and you're like, "What's exactly what he talking about today? And I finally got to it, and you went, oh, all right. And, and already started to create some feels, didn't it? Some of you have already went, this one might make me angry. This one's going to be a tough to listen to, right? And, and if that's you, I want you to know, I don't approach this subject lightly. Um, I know what it feels like to have somebody talk to you about this because it happened to me a couple summers ago, and, and I wanted to fight. I got angry. I got sad. I had the thought of, don't you dare go there with me because you don't know what I've been through. I, I, one of my parents I've never met, they left. I've been through abuse of about every kind you can imagine. I've been betrayed by some people I love. Like, I'm i not coming to you from a place of I don't know any hurt. Now, I don't know your hurt, but I know that it hurts. I know what that feels like. And I know that God says, I want to take you through this process called forgiveness because you can get rid of that hurt, which will get rid of that anger, which will get rid of that bitterness, which will begin to soften your heart and change the way you live. He says, I got the prescription. It's called forgiveness, and it's not easy to talk about, but if you can actually walk through it, it'll change things. Now, before we get into this forgiveness process, I want to walk you through. I want to make sure we know what forgiveness is and what it isn't. So go ahead and put that up if you would. Forgiveness is about freedom. In fact, Jesus tells some of his best friends, and I'll let you Google this one on your own, but he tells some of his. He talks to them about forgiveness, and he ends up at the end of the story. He tells them, when, "When you choose to unforgive, it's called the unmerciful servant, or something. If you were to Google it, when you when you choose not to forgive the way I forgave you, you actually end up putting yourself in prison and in bondage." Jesus says, "To be tortured, Because that bitterness and that hard heart. It is torture. You don't want that. I want you to have freedom. Forgiveness is about freedom. It is not about justifying." The other person's actions. If we can go through this painful process called forgiveness, it, it's not us saying what you did was wrong. I mean what you did was right. It's not us saying it was okay that you left, it was okay that you abused, it was okay that you betrayed, it was okay that you lied, it was okay that you no, know, no, we're not we're not justifying anybody's actions by forgiving them. Gotta be gotta be clear on this. We're not letting anybody off the hook. God says, Don't worry. Justice is my job. Wrath is my job. Judgment is my job. I got you. There are consequences for people who hurt my kids. I got you. Nobody's getting let off the hook here. It's not a guarantee of reconciliation. It's not a guarantee that we'll ever do life together again. And I'm going to talk about that in detail here in a minute. And I think that's going to set some people free today. Because forgiving doesn't mean we keep doing life together they're different. We'll get into that and why that's so important because a lot of people have dealt with a lot of guilt feeling like, well, man, I have forgiven that person, but I haven't let him back into my life. So I guess I really didn't forgive him. And so I guess I'm really not doing what the Bible says. And so now what do I do? Do I let him back in? I know I'm going to get hurt again, but I'm trying to do what God says. And we're going we're to we're get set free in that area today. It's not justifying their actions, it's not letting them off the hook, it's not guaranteed there'll be reconciliation, and it's not a guarantee that we're going to do life together. And it's a bit of a painful process. Who wants to sign up? <laughs> let's, let's walk through this. I, I have five aspects of the forgiveness process that I have been learning about over the last two years. And, I, and some of this stuff you're gonna know and some of this I think you're gonna see differently than you have before. I encourage you to take really good notes today. Get your phone out. Get ready to take screenshots. Remember what we talked about. I've been wanting to preach this message for two years and I can't tell you, I, I, I created these notes. I can't tell you how many times I've needed to go back and read them and go, I, I gotta work through this again. Because it's a process, isn't it? it for Dealing with forgiveness it's, it's a different kind of wound, right? It's like a, it's like a severe burn, right? If you get a, a puncture wound or, or like a cut, they'll actually stitch it up, right? They want to close it so it can begin to heal. That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is like, like, a, like a severe burn. And someone, if you go into the burn unit, what do they do? They, they actually scrape off the stuff on top and they want to open up the wound so that it can heal one layer at a time from the inside out. And it's a process. That's what it's like healing from a wound. So this process is not an overnight thing. It's not a one-time event. It's a process. But, but, but listen, <laughs> I told you I wasn't having my elbow surgery. I know the process works. The, the doctor that wants to do the elbow surgery, a few years ago, he did my shoulder he said, I had a torn rotator cuff, and he said, you need to have the surgery, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go through the painful process, I don't, and, and, and I, but I was so desperate for change because I couldn't throw a ball, and I couldn't work out, and I couldn't play with my kids the way I wanted, and so I had this shoulder surgery, and, man, it was a painful process. I was in a sling for six weeks and in PT for several months, and I had bad reactions to the pain medicine. Like It was a thing. It sucked, but guess what? This week, this week in 2021, I shot hoops with Ashton. I lifted weights with Austin, and I did ninja school with Ethan. And I've been dreaming about being a dad and being able to do these things with my kids since I can remember. Because I went through the painful process, I'm shooting hoops today I'm walking in my calling. I'm living out part of my dream in life, but there's, there's no, there's no in between. There's no, there's no shortcut around it. Okay. So the, the forgiveness process, let's get, let's, let's dive in. First thing we got to do is we got to acknowledge the hurt. Man, this is huge. I went to seven weeks, as many of you know, of anti-anxiety counseling a couple of summers ago and was really struggling and sat down with one of the first counselors. He was a pastor, a therapist, a counselor. He'd been doing it forever. Tell me about your anxiety. So I started telling him, here's what I'm going through, and here's what my panic attacks have been like, and here's what I'm just crying and the whole thing. And he goes, okay. He goes, gets out a piece of paper and a pen. He goes, tell me about your grievances. What? I'm here for panic attacks. I don't want to talk about, he goes, I know, I know. Tell me let's write down all the people who have hurt you. I was mad. I don't want to talk about the people who have hurt me. I try to forget about the people who have hurt me. I don't want to deal with that. I want to deal with my my anxiety. It's right here in front of us. I don't want to go back. And he said, do you know, he said something so profound. He said, do you know how much anxiety producing energy it takes to hold on to unforgiveness? He said, it's causing your bitterness and your hardened heart and it's killing you. So we got, we, got to, we got to acknowledge there was hurt. And here's what I did. Here's what I'd been doing my whole adult life. It's not that bad. Or I just pretend it didn't happen. I pretend it didn't happen or I minimize the effects of it because I'm a man and I'm tough and who cares and get over it and grow up and move on and let's go. I'm not a kid. I'm not a child. I'm not going to let what happened to me as a kid bother me today. I'm too tough for that. My counselor went, Uh huh. That's why you're here, huh? I wanted to fight him. To talk about your grievances. He said, here's the problem with you, Sean. He says, you've never acknowledged that there was hurt and you can't forgive what you haven't acknowledged. You've never faced it and felt it. So you can't forgive it. He said, let's go look at a story in the Bible, and we read the story of Joseph, and you can read this one on your own in Genesis, but in 45, Genesis 45 through 50, we see Joseph begin to go through a forgiveness process with his brothers, and if you know the story, I'll give you the quick cliff notes. His brothers, because they thought he was the favorite kid, sold him when he was a boy into slavery and told dad that he died. He got hauled off to another country Years in slavery, years in prison. I mean, years of his life, he'll never get back because those closest to him betrayed him. It's a crazy story. And then God does some miracles over here while he's a slave in Egypt, and he ends up being the number two guy in all of Egypt. And then there's a famine in the whole area, and the only people with food is Egypt, and Joseph's in charge of who gets it. And so now, get this, his brothers, who several years ago sold him into slavery and assumed he died and told his dad they died, now they got to go to Joseph to beg for food to stay alive. It's a crazy story. And Joseph, Joseph has never fully dealt with what happened. And you're going to see why we know that. He's pushed it away, tried to forget about it, tried to minimize it. I'm a grown man. I got past it. God got me through it. And then all of a sudden, he can't hold it back anymore, and he has to actually face it and feel it. Watch this. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. He's like, hey, look, it's me. Here it is. I can't, I can't pretend anymore. And he wept. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. He's finally gonna face it and he's finally gonna allow himself to feel it. And he said to his brothers in verse four, come close to me when they had done so. He said, I'm your brother, Joseph. I'm the one you sold into Egypt. And then in verse fifty twenty, this one's on mugs and t-shirts everywhere. And most people who, who are like, this is my verse. They don't even know the story it goes with. This is where it comes from. You intended to harm me, brothers, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. There had to be a time when as a grown man, get this, guys, in the church, a powerful grown man, second in in charge, a leader, led huge people, had a huge staff, had a huge budget, oversaw it all, was type A, go get them. He finally had to have a moment where he went, I got to stop pretending it didn't happen. And I need to allow myself to face it and to feel it. I'm going to feel it. How bad did it hurt? How has it affected my life ever since? What are the consequences? Why is my life different because of that hurt? Face the whole thing. Feel the whole thing. If we face it and we feel it, then we can begin to forgive it. That's what Joseph teaches us we got to acknowledge that there's a hurt. Number two, and this one's huge, surrender my right to punish. I and mean, this, this is one that I was not doing. There are many people in my life that have done some things that, that really hurt me, and I've said, I forgive them. I've even told some of them, I forgive you. It's forgiven. I never knew this was a thing. I'd heard the verse, but I never tied it to the forgiveness process. And and until we can actually surrender our right to punish the person who hurt us, we haven't actually forgiven. Right? Listen to this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Excuse me. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. He says, you want to actually go through the forgiveness process? You got to get your heart. And I'm going to help you do this in a minute with this forgiveness prayer that that I want you to take a screenshot of. I'm going to help you do this, but we got to get our heart to a place where we can actually say, I acknowledge what happened. I acknowledge how bad it was, how it's affected me. And I'm giving up my right to keep making them pay for it. Man, this is huge. Let me tell you how it works out in, in our lives right now. I was recently talking with a couple that I love, and and mistakes have been made on both sides, and they're trying to you know iron out some issues in the marriage. And most recently, he did something, and she's upset. And we were talking about it, and and and, and I I'm, I know him well enough to get some tidbits of conversations that have happened and whatever, and um. She said, you know, I have forgiven him. And I challenged both of them on this because they both need to do this. I said, well, have you though? Because here's what, I, here's what I keep hearing. Oh, I forgave him for that. But then later in a conversation, you go, oh, really? Am I really gonna trust you? Because I couldn't trust you last year. Oh, is that really what you mean? Because I think we've been here before, haven't we? Oh, now I can trust you. Now, now I can trust you. Oh, I did, I forgave you. I'm still going to make you pay for it. And I looked at this couple and I said, if you guys can't actually surrender the right to keep punishing each other, you're never going to have a functional marriage because you're always going to be in charge and he's always going to be the whipping boy and it's always going to be dysfunctional. You've got to actually forgive and say, I'm not going to make you pay for that mistake anymore. That's what forgiveness looks like. And that's what's going to allow us to continue in this relationship and see all God wants us to see. Man, this is huge. we got to surrender our right to punish. If you think that one's hard, wait till Jesus gives us number three. Pray for them. What? Oh, I'll pray for them, all right. God, I pray you give them COVID, God. Give them COVID. (laughs) And uh, after they get the shots, and uh, take away their, and I pray that they. And somebody ought to like that it did to me. I don't think that's the prayer, is it? I have tried this. Maybe you have too. There's been times when I've sat down to do this, and I literally couldn't even say the person's name out loud. It's so difficult. Oh, it's easy to, that's good in church. It's a whole nother thing when you have an actual deep, severe burn, wound on your heart, and you're trying to do something that feels so counterintuitive. I don't want to, I don't get to pay him back, and I gotta pray for him. You're killing me. I'm telling you guys, this is this is more for you than it ever is for the person who hurt you. Here's what Jesus says: you've heard it said love your neighbor and hate your enemies, but I'm gonna flip that whole thing on you. I say love your enemies and pray for those who have hurt you. And everybody listening was upset when they heard that. Let's be honest, right? Because here's what happens. Remember, the Bible says that our bitterness turns to what the Bible calls a hardened heart. And you know, they used a lot of agricultural analogies because everyone was understanding the terminology. Everyone got the the analogy. And, And picture your heart or your soul as like, real hard, dry ground. You put seeds on it, hoping that something great will happen, and the seeds never take, and nothing beautiful ever happens. It's desolate. It's empty. It's lacking. Every time you go through this, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to pray for them. Maybe it starts like this. God, you know what they need. We're done. <laughs> hey, it's a start, isn't it? Every time I choose to pray for somebody who hurt me, it's like tilling up that hard soil. And every single time it tills up the top soil and then it tills up the next level. And then it t- and pretty soon what was hard and hardened and complete, completely useless can now accept seed and become beautiful, can't it? And that's what Jesus wants for us. He knows that if I can get you to pray for the people who have hurt you, this is about your freedom. I'm tired of these past hurts hurting you. I want you shooting hoops today. I want you to get this in your spirit. Let's begin to work on that bitterness and work on that hardened heart. You're not justifying what they did. You're setting yourself free. We can do this. Number four, be open to reconciliation. Now I'm definitely getting some emails. Be open to reconciliation. The first time someone told me to be open to reconciliation, I honestly did want to fight. Because so I'm like, you don't have a clue what you're saying. Because I reconcile with certain people in my life. I get hurt again. Is that what you're saying? You're telling me, go, go get back together with this person and just let him keep hurting me? Oh, that's good. That's good biblical advice. No thanks, I'm out. Well, well oh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the alternative? I keep them at arm's length because I don't want to get hurt again, but now I got to just carry a whole bunch of guilt and shame because I don't do what God wants. That's a great position. Thanks, God. It's awesome. It's how we feel, isn't it? That's how I felt. Don't know what to do with that. And then we read the verse, right, that is, is, is live it as we already read it as best as you can. When it's up to you, live at peace with everybody. As much as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody, right? And I always thought that meant do everything, every single thing you can to make sure that they're back in your life. But here's the difference. It's saying do the best you can to live with everybody. The forgiveness is our part, my part, your part. The friendship, the fellowship, the reconciliation, that's a joint effort, and we can't control the outcome of that. They're totally different. Forgiveness and fellowship are totally different. And I never understood that until a couple years ago. Would you, In fact, would you put that graphic up? Forgiveness is I do that. This is on me. I acknowledge that there was hurt. I give up the right to punish. I humble myself in a way I can't even believe I'm trying to do. And I pray for them. I do these things. Forgiveness is up to me. Fellowship happens if and only if there's some, there's some, there's some conditions. Forgiveness is supposed to be unconditional because we want to be able to get freed from everything, but fellowship is extremely conditional. Unless there's true repentance, there's no reconciliation, and I'm not talking about fake repentance. We've got too much of that in our lives these days. We've got too many people using the words, I'm sorry, but not actually making an, an apology. I'm sorry that my words were misunderstood. I'm sorry that that hurt you, as if the real problem here is your emotional capability of handling things. I'm sorry that you took it like that. I'm sorry that, no, 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 no. Go read Genesis 45 through 50, and you want to see a beautiful forgiveness reconciliation process happening. Joseph's brothers came to him and threw themselves at his feet and said, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Would you forgive me? I'm at your mercy. That's an apology. An apology is not, I'm sorry that that hurt your feelings. I'm sorry that you took it that way. An apology is, I was wrong. I made a mistake. Will you forgive me? That's the kind of apology that it takes to begin real reconciliation. There's a difference between forgiveness and fellowship. And this is going to set some of you free because you've been dealing with all kinds of guilt, wondering if you should let X and Y back in your life. There's a difference. You can forgive without reconciliation. Now, there is a general theme throughout the whole Bible that reconciliation is what we strive for, for sure. But it's okay to know that there's some special cases. Sometimes it has to do with addictions, and sometimes it's mental health related, and sometimes it's abuse. There's special cases where reconciliation, not only do you not need to feel guilty about it, it wouldn't even be wise for you to do it. And we're going we're to we're get this from not my opinion, but the Bible here in a second. True repentance, change, trust, honor, and respect. Don't just tell me you're sorry, I gotta see it. There's gotta be change. And then there's gotta be mutual honor and mutual trust and mutual respect. And if all that follows a real repentance, then we can slowly begin talking about how to rebuild a relationship. Over time, but you got to keep those two things separate. Forgiveness and fellowship are two entirely different things. We always want to strive for fellowship, but there's just going to be times when it's not possible. Watch this. Paul, remember writing every single word through the power of the Holy Spirit by God, tells Timothy and Titus, two guys that are going into ministry that he loves, that he knows you got the call of God on your life. I can't let you get sidetracked. I need to help you understand this forgiveness thing because some people have hurt you and some people have wronged you, and reconciliation just isn't always going to be possible. Watch this. This what he says to to his friend Timothy. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Here it is. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Gently instructed. That is not, let me tell you what you did. Oh, no, you do not. I'll get you. No, gently is with the fruits of the Spirit. God, I can't even go talk to him, God, until I can get the fruits of the spirit right now. Peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. This is what I need. Now, full of these things, I will gently let you know. I got to be honest with you. Like what Joseph did, you meant what you did hurt me. You sold me into slavery. I'm the guy. It hurt me. But I'm telling you gently with the fruits of the spirit. That's different than the way we like to, to get people, even on social media. To Titus, he gives Titus, he says, Titus, I'm going to tell you what, you've been messing around with these people who are causing you so much pain in your life and so much grief in your life. He goes, Titus, I'm going to give you the three-strike rule. Avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Warn a divisive person once. That's gently, we already know that, with the fruits of the Spirit. You know what? If they don't listen and they hurt you again, do it a second time. Warn them again gently with the fruits of the Spirit. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such people are warped and sinful and self-condemned. He says there's just going to be, forgiveness is always our job, because that's what helps us process the hurt. That's what provides us with the freedom. Reconciliation, fellowship, friendship, doing life together, that takes a joint effort, and we don't always get to control that. And you don't have to feel guilty when that doesn't happen anymore. As long as you know, to the best of my ability, I have forgiven and I've been real open to reconciliation, right? All right. Number five, pray for divine strength, healing, and freedom. I don't have to tell anyone listening to this message because we all got a past. We all got some hurts. just life. It's because we're broken people. We live in a broken world. We interact with other broken people. I mean, it's it's a perfect storm for hurt. For us to go through this forgiveness process, even Jesus knew, don't you dare try this alone. It's too difficult. You need the power of Almighty God working in your life. One day, Jesus' best friends asked him how to pray. Some of you might remember this conversation. And he, get, he goes, You know what, guys? Let me give you some, talk to God. He's your father, but let me give you some basics. And band, you guys can come on up. He said, Let me give you some basics. And he said, he, and he, We now call it the Lord's Prayer, don't we? And in that, what it, one, one of the lines in that was, God, forgive us our sins. Because today I need your help forgiving somebody else's sins. Jesus said, this is so difficult. It's it's such a painful process because sometimes the wounds are so deep. Don't do this on your own. Pray. And he said, he started out at the beginning by saying, this is a daily prayer. Pray every single day that God would actually help you do the real forgiveness work in your life because that's where freedom is found. But you don't want to do this stuff on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. You don't want to do this on your own. Forget it's too, it's too tough. It'll get too difficult. Your mind will mess with you. You'll get mad and you'll give up. Would you put up those four verses? Take a screenshot of this, would you? I'm going to give you about 15 seconds to grab a screenshot This is why it's so important that I pray every single day when I'm dealing with hurt that God would help me forgive. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. I know you've had so much anxiety and so much depression and so much mental anguish over this hurt and this bitterness and this hardened heart, and it's affecting every area of your life, but if you'll go through this forgiveness process, I will bring you peace, promise from the Father. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. I know you feel like you're too weak to do it. You don't have the strength. It sounds overwhelming. You don't understand how bad I've been hurt. God says, I know. And on your weakest days, I'm my strongest. I got you. Let's go get you some freedom. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are, po- impo- all things are possible. God says, I know. You've been dealing with this for so long. It's almost like it's become a part of you. There's almost a fear in getting rid of it. Like, who will I be without holding on to this anger? It's been a part of me for so long. It feels impossible. He says, it's not. Just come to me. Talk to me about it every day. I got you. All things are possible with me. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and under the earth. He said, there is mighty power in the name of Jesus. Bring these hurts to me. Let's pray for freedom in the name of Jesus. Let's declare that we can forgive in the name of Jesus. Let's declare we're giving up our right to punish in the name of Jesus. Let's declare I will experience a different kind of life in the name of Jesus. Let's declare what hurt me then isn't gonna keep hurting me now. I'm going to move forward in my calling. Let's begin to declare these things in faith. We walk by faith and not by feelings and sight, right? We're going to do, I'm going to give you what I call my forgiveness prayer. We're going to do what our nation did back when they signed the Declaration of Independence. They signed the Declaration of Independence, and then they went to war. They weren't independent when they signed that thing. They were declaring, I'm going to be free. And here's my name. And I'm telling you, church, it's time we start declaring, I'm going to be free in Jesus' name. I'm going to be free. I declare it today. So this is my, and I'm, I, want, I want you to, um, let's see, we're going to try to, we're going to put this on the website, Ronnie. Can we do this? Ronnie, can we put this on the website and the app this week? All right. We're going to have this on the website and the app this week, because I don't think we have the whole thing on one slide up here, but you can take four screenshots if you want to get it now. All right, go ahead and put this prayer up. This is what I want you to start praying on a daily basis because it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit for us to move past some of the things we've been dealing with. God, I'm ready to stop pretending like the pain in my past is not affecting my present. Please forgive me for holding on to unforgiveness. And there's something beautiful in realizing, yes, someone hurt me. But I have held on to that unforgiveness, and I need to repent of that. I need to be set free of that in Jesus' name. Today, I declare that I'm getting rid of this unforgiveness, and I'm letting go of this hurt and anger. I completely forgive, and you insert the name. You might need to run through this a few times each day right now, right? I completely forgive in the mighty, powerful, divine name of Jesus, because that's what it's going to take for me to get over this one. I completely forgive in Jesus' name, and I thank you that you're healing these wounds that were inflicted. You're healing me, Jesus, and I thank you. I thank you that you are making me whole and you're setting me free. I declare that I am giving up my right to judge or punish this person. Next slide, please. I completely forgive. It's all in your hands now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna declare I'm, I'm set free. I've repent of holding on to unforgiveness. I declare I'm gonna be set free. What happened in the past, it hurt, but I'm gonna acknowledge it and I'm gonna face it and feel it and then I'm gonna start forgiving. And I'm gonna say, you know what? It's not my job to be the judge, jury, and executioner anymore. I surrender that right to Jesus and I'm gonna pray for him and I'm gonna begin to soften my heart and begin to experience the presence of God in a way that I just haven't before. Oh, church, we can do these things. I can feel it. I can give up my right. I could pray for him. I can say, you know what, God? I gotta declare that things have to change. I gotta make some declarations in my life. Things have to change. I need to be set free, because what happened in the past, I just don't wanna let it keep hurting me in the present. And so I'm fighting for my freedom. I'm declaring my freedom in Jesus' name. Can we do that, church? I hope today was so healing for you. God, I thank you for your presence today. I thank you that you're with us. I know you're speaking. There's not one of us listening or watching from anywhere around the world that don't knows what it feels like to deal with a hurt from the past. And so God, I pray you begin to set us free right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you begin to set us free from holding on to unforgiveness, holding on to bitterness. I pray, God, that you would set us free from the wounds that have happened. Help us get real honest and go face it and feel it so that we can begin to forgive it. Help us to walk through the rest of this process, God, with you at our side, reminding ourselves every single day, I don't do this in my strength, in my power. I do this." this through your strength and your power. And I declare victory in this area over my life, over my kids, over my family, in the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Would you stand up? Here's what I know, is every time I've been really trying to work through this process on a very specific wound, it's like there's a, it's like there's a, a glass wall between me and my freedom. It's like there's a glass wall from, between me and the ability to actually say their name in prayer. It's like there's a glass wall between actually being able to give up that right to punish. It's like there's this, this wall between me and the person I wanna be. And sometimes it's because I'm so used to holding on to this. I don't know who I'd be without it. And somehow I just know that I gotta get them back and I can't let them off the hook. And my prayer all week has been very simple. God, I've been praying the words of this song today in this moment, in my heart, in my soul, in my mind. Something has to break. Something has to change. And I know you'll take me through. I know you'll get me there. I know you'll carry me when I'm not strong enough. Let's go. Believe this. We're gonna gonna declare the words of this song in faith today as a church around the world. Something today is going to break and I'm gonna be set free from some things back there and I'll be shooting hoops today let's go let's worship